0: We are back, and we are picking back up with our state of RPGs of 2021. I'm joined by the fantastically talented Lucas White from Prima Games, Matt Storm from all sorts of things online, uh, podcasts and whatnot, and Matt Finman, who is a member of SDGC and all-round nice gentleman. We resume this episode in progress with part two, and the remainder of the year... That was 2021 in RPGs. As always, I am your host, Scott White, also known as Professor RPG, and let's get going. We are on to July now, where we get another Monster Hunter game with Monster Hunter Stories 2, Skyward Sword HD, which, in my opinion, Zelda games are not uh, RPGs, but I included it anyway for the people out there. Neo: The World Ends With You released the first three of the Pixel Remasters series and Fuga, Melodies of Steel, just to name a few. So Lucas, we'll start with you. We'll go back the other way.
1: All right. I'm kind of coming off as the Square Enix defender here, I think. (laughs) Um, So this month was very, uh, uh, very conflicting. Um, I was interested in World Ends with you. Uh, I was actually watching the anime week by week of the first game. and kind of having a good time. Uh, I bounced off this game so quickly. And I'm still not sure why Um, I I think it was a combination of things. I I think like the opening just wasn't really a strong hook at all. Um, it it was almost like it just started doing its thing and like, come along with us for this ride. Uh, we're not going to give you like a great reason why, but you know, there's nice colors and cool music and the combat's just kind of weird. Um, I just think it didn't click with me. Um, I know I know a lot of like the more uh, diehard fans of, of the first game got a lot out of it. I'm not very happy for them that they got a sequel. They probably will not get another one. Mm-hmm. But best of luck. Um, Skyward <laughs> Sword, uh, playing that game, physically just a miserable experience. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's all I got for that. Pixel Remaster, however... I like these a lot. I really do. Um, and it's really unfortunate that every time Skorinik tweets about it, it's just people yelling at them about the font. Yeah. Like, um, come on, guys. Yeah, you can fix that a- yourself in thirty seconds.
0: I know. I told you all how to do it. I told the internet how to do it.
1: I'm pretty sure I used your guide. for that. Honestly. Yeah, I, I think I literally did. Yeah. So yeah, thank you. Got that Mystic Quest font in there. It looks great. Um, but yeah, like I was saying earlier, I think there's a lot of effort put into these. Um, the music is just awesome.
0: Oh, God dear.
1: Yeah, just like these like big band versions of even the Final Fantasy 1 music. Just brass everywhere. It's so good. And like the games themselves, like they're what they should be. I think it like the fact that they kind of like went in between the like super easy Dawn Souls and like the NES game, I think is interesting. And it's also like, uh, and you you made me really remember this when you were talking about, uh, Legend of Mana, um, and like the pixels. It has a CRT filter. And I can't think of another Square Enix game that has that. And maybe there is, I just haven't encountered it yet, but it's a really good CRT filter. It's only an on off switch, but it really makes those pixels look good. Um, cause like, you know, if, if you have it turned off, like, the uh, it's high resolution and everything's like sharp and looks good. Um, but like the colors are really bright uh, and that's probably fine depending on, you know, what you're looking for. And I think like kind of having that, uh, more universal visual style, I think is doing a lot of good work for the older games. Um, but like you put that CRT filter on, it looks so good. Mm-hmm. I was like putting it in like four three resolution on my monitor. And I was, Oh, it was, oh man. So, so good. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy those games. I'm taking my time with them. Uh, so I'm like still on final fantasy one, but, uh, just, I think Square Enix did a really good job, and I think it's a bummer. It's not on consoles, but we were talking about that earlier. I'm pretty sure it's like logistics and uh, cost and all that stuff. But I do expect them to come to consoles eventually, and I will absolutely double dip. Um, also, the mobile versions don't have controller support, which is like, why? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your other games have controller support. Why? Uh, that, that's all I really want to play stories too but I just haven't got around to it yet yeah gives me Breath of Fire vibes for some reason there you go. I can see that yeah
0: yeah definitely definitely Stormy, oh, talk about, about a franchise
2: about that needs a remake and a remaster give me Breath of Fire 3 the PlayStation game somewhere please let me play uh, that game
0: you should still be able to get it on the PlayStation store
2: not on the PS5 doesn't seem like yeah. it it's only oh. the ps3 store PSP
1: um, and psp and, vita, and, PS, and psp and
2: video deck but yeah it's not on the vita the first, is life stormy yeah i know, Deal I with know. It. it's um,
1: the perfect time for a dragon quarter to get a second chance i know People like can, those games now
2: yeah true. yeah i love the breath of fire series so much but the first bring two, back legend of lagaya yes that too that's true <laughs> um but yeah, for me, July was still more Mass Effect. Um, I bought Skyward Sword HD and I played it. I didn't mind it, but like I never I'd never played it before. It was my first time with Skyward Sword, Skyward Sword and Wind Waker, the only ones I've never played. Wind Waker still stay stands as the one I've never played. Hopefully that gets a port. It's remake gets a port. Um so I've heard good things about that Wii U version. But uh, I liked my time with Skyward Sword that I played, but I got to the second dungeon and then just kind of stopped because other stuff came out. Um, I'm hoping I can go back to it and finish it, but I feel like it might just fall to the wayside. Um, I've heard good things about the Neo Neo: the World Ends with You. I played the Switch version of the first game, which is terrible. Um, oh, I, no. I hear that the 3ds version is the way to play it, um, but I I I waited for the Switch version, hoping that it would be good. And the touchscreen c- controls just don't really work. There's no real comfortable way to hold the system and use the stylus, and it just it not it just doesn't work, and it's a bummer because I've played so many other stylus heavy games on the Switch that work, but that one didn't, and so it turned me off. I've heard that you can play Neo without playing the first game, um, and it's on, of course, PS4 or five. Um, and so I've considered it, but I just, I never, I never got around to it. Monster Hunter Stories 2, I still have the demo downloaded on my Switch. I have intent to play it. I mentioned earlier, it's another one of those ones where if you play the game and then buy it, you, if you play the demo and buy it, it converts over. It looks fun. It looks pretty cool. Um, I just, I, I, it's hard for me to play RPGs lately. I just haven't had the time, especially when at this point I was still making my way through Mass Effect, um, and the Pixel Remasters, I, I'm not a fan of 1 and 2. There's nothing wrong with those games. They are just too nitty-gritty RPG, like too close to d but in text and digital form for me. I like tabletop and I like Final Fantasy, but when they're mixed in those early years, like those versions, those games are classics, right? But just for me, the way I want to play an RPG, I need a little more hand-holding. That's just me. Mm-hmm. And so 1 and 2, I had no interest in playing Three is on my wish list I do want to play three uh, I've never played it and I've heard great things so that pixel remaster is on my wish list uh, but but I just i haven't gotten around to them yet and I'm holding out for the six remaster because I started the pc version of six and never finished it and so I'm holding out for that pixel remaster above the rest um so yeah that, that was my July mostly
0: <clears throat> cool and Finn what about you
2: um it was mostly a pixel remaster
3: month Um. It, I didn't really delve into too many RPGs this month. Uh, I picked up Skyward Sword, but much like Lucas, it was, it's just... It It is not a game I was really willing to reinvest my time back into. But in Monster Hunter Stories, I have, but I've not delved into yet. Um, but 1 through 3... Cause these were the first of the Pixel Remasters, so this was me testing out their proof of concept and the music alone, like y'all mentioned, just worth my time. So good. I'm so excited that we're inching ever closer to six. But anyway, that's all I got.
0: Nice. Uh for me, um tried Skyward Sword again, still don't like it. <laughs> um just really like i've never been able to beat it like the controls and everything i just bounce off plus i hate the character designs especially the character's lips i think the lips and the noses (laughs) on everybody looks weird and i don't like that link wears like burlap sack pants um it's a bad fit but mostly the controls um to have not played neo the world ends with you um I still have to finish uh, whatchamacallit, the original one, On I have that for both DS and Switch, but I've been starting working through it on DS. My big things were the Pixel remasters. I took a look at these for RPG site as well. I figured out how to fix the font. I got the, the post retweeted by Shinji Hashimoto, so I'm pretty, pretty okay. Uh, <laughs> nice. uh, that's my uh, claim to fame now, but no, I I'm was pleasantly blown away by the pixel remasters. Um, I can't wait. I I was very impressed with what they did. It seems like a lot of the issues Square doesn't listen to with these. It's like <laughs> the font is such an easy fix; just fix it. I feel like every time a new pixel remaster comes out, the same vertical sync issues is ha- are happening. I feel like other tweaks I have to do every time and instead of them just releasing it with the initial patch. I don't know why, but that is weird. Absolutely. Absolutely. Loving the re- pixel remasters so far.
1: It's nice to see a full group of people who aren't just like dumping on those. Like, yep, I feel like people were just like ready to hate it as soon as it was <laughs> announced. Um, and I think it was really just because, like,
0: it, it was, was a horrible Marvel reveal. PC only.
1: Yeah, it was. That's like, true.
0: They revealed it, like, after a, like, 24 game, 24 minute gameplay reel of Guardians of the Galaxy, and then was followed by a minute and 20 second quick teaser trailer that, oh, yeah, these are coming.
1: Right, they basically showed what they look like and so yeah. on and so forth.
0: You get like a yeah. little, like little character sprites flying by, like really small, brief snippets from the the games themselves. It's like Square did them no, did themselves zero favor with how they announced these games, and I still think releasing it off the bat for just PC and mobile was incredibly stupid as well. But they are good games. Font aside, that can be fixed, but they are very, very good renditions of these games
1: please play them if you like final fantasy.
0: Yes. Even if you if you even if you're just intrigued and want to try like see where the the series got its start, uh try these. Uh 100% 100% worth it. We move on in further into the summer with August and some that came to mind for me were Prinny Presents NIS Classics Volume 1, Boyfriend Dungeon and Shadowverse Champions Battle so I'm going to start this time, uh, pretty presents the NIS classics. I picked this one up and, uh, tried them. Uh, I kind of rough remasters uh, coming from like pixel remasters and the legend of man remaster and saga frontier and all the other old school RPG remasters that had come out already this year at this point, they just looked rough. Uh, they kind of played rough, uh, the games themselves are pretty still hold up. Like they're still pretty good, but overall I was kind of let down by the NIS classics volume one. I'm looking forward to classics two though. Hopefully they're a bit better and Shadowverse champions battle really surprised me as well as a damn good digital card game with a fully fledged out kind of story and campaign, which had a lot higher of a production value than I was expecting it to. Um, But as a sucker for every new, Yu Gi Oh card game that comes out on like switch or pc uh i just gobbled up shadowverse um really really fun game i hadn't had any experience previously playing the digital card game like on mo- the mobile game but uh really really solid um all in one package so really impressed with shadowverse i put a lot of time into that back in august so uh stormy what about you
2: so my my big one for this month was Boyfriend Dungeon. Uh, I've been championing that game since uh, Tanya X Short first announced that they were working on it. Um, and uh, saw it at PA- Pax East uh, 2020 before the world shut down, and then reopened, and is now going to shut shut down again. Anyway, um, and so I've been excited for that one for a while, and it finally came out. Um, I had had an inkling that it might shadow drop in August and during the Indie Direct in August, they did shadow drop it, not just on switch, but on uh, every platform that it was coming out for. Um, and I was insanely excited. It is such a delightfully open and queer game that has a, a fun dungeon crawling system and an incredible storytelling system that makes you confront the red flags of being a queer person in queer spaces, um, as well as genuine great romance and relationship writing, the voice acting is wonderful. The art design is great. Um, if you want, if you're looking for a visual novel that mixes some fun combat elements, uh, I highly recommend it. It has already been confirmed that it's going to get some DLC, though we don't know when. With two new "quote unquote" boyfriends, um, a axe and a hammer. Um, uh, it's just it's a fun, goofy uh, romp that has some serious deals with some serious queer issues. That was really exciting, has a ton of representation from non-binary to bisexual to, you know, as- asexual, non-sexual. It, you know, it, it, it really just was a delightfully diverse game by Kid Fox and uh, I highly recommend and had a blast with. Also, one of the best gaming soundtracks of the year, even if you never play it, if you like simp poppy kind of soundtracks. Definitely check out the Boyfriend Dungeon soundtrack on Spotify, and that was it. I didn't didn't play anything else uh, that month. I kind of just became obsessed with Boyfriend Dungeon. I played it on Game Pass day and date when it came out, and because that cost me nothing, I then bought it on Switch a week later and beat it again on Switch. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> very nice, Finn. What about you?
2: Um, the long-awaited Boyfriend
3: Dungeon, and that was it. It was it. It was not a big month for RPGs, <clears throat> but it was nice to finally because just like Solasta, Boyfriend Dungeon was another Kickstarter game I backed. So it was nice to have another like win in that column because I'm still forever trying to recoup my mental losses from uh, Mighty Number no. Nine.
2: <laughs> I think we all are.
3: <laughs> so Boyfriend Dungeon yeah. was another just nice, uh, nice addition to the. Not all Kickstarter games are shams tally but matt mattie matt put it better than i could so it's a good
1: game play it it's fun right on
0: there you go there you go and lucas what about you
1: sure um i didn't play boyfriend dungeon but my wife did and she just like went in on it um she loved it uh she she really had trouble with the um the stalker character it's legit
2: yeah they write it really well and it's it's hard i think it's done well but i totally see that that makes
1: total sense it's it's a rough storyline so yeah she had she had trouble with that but she liked the rest of the game so much that she kind of muscled through it and really seemed to enjoy it um i think she maxed out all the uh characters and like i don't think she got every achievement but she was thinking about it (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I plan to play it too. Like, uh, I, uh, uh, I'm just, a uh, heteronormative white male. <laughs> um, so I, I don't want to, uh, step out of my lane. Um, but it looks like a cool game and I would, I would love to like, kind of take that story in, and then also like do dungeon crawling. Uh, so yeah definitely gonna play that uh Shadowverse verse um, also took me by surprise I uh, I don't even remember I, I was offered a code for it and I don't remember why I took it but I remember I, it sat there for a while um, yeah it's it's basically a video game card game that is like what you would see now on a mobile or whatever, but without any of the shady money stuff. Um, Almost literally like the like the way the game plays and the way you get more cards and stuff feels like a like microtransactions used to be here kind of thing. Um, And, you know, maybe that was like something done like during development or, or, or maybe that's just what, because card games look like that in real life I don't know um, but it's cool uh, it's very anime um, the card game itself is pretty interesting there's lots of options uh, like the game includes multiple sets um, from I guess shadow versus or really a, a mobile game um, so it was, it was surprising like it's a one-time purchase uh, there are multiple sets tons of options I so think you can just you can just play forever uh you know get through the story if you want or you can just like go around challenge people it's just like a fully featured digital card game uh and i don't think there is another one of those out there the way this is it's it's almost like a uh pokemon trading card game but uh contemporary like it has that kind of like feel to it um so that was cool um I am very bad at card games, though, so I have not finished it. I I found my ceiling and and slammed right against it, and was very yep. sad. <laughs> yep, I know how yeah. that goes. Um, I did play the NIS classics. Um, uh, Soul Nomad is one of the games, right? That, yeah, if I remember right, is. Like straight up emulation. That's just like the PS2 version running. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it seemed like an interesting game, but um, like just just like I don't want to say janky, but like just rough around the edges enough that it it didn't grab me. Although the the premise is really interesting, Um, which I think like you get a lot of that in those early NES games. Um, Phantom Brave I never really liked in the first place. Um, just the, the battle system where it's like, your, your units have like a limited amount of time to live. Uh, I, I play tactics games far too slowly for that to not be just, just completely like stressful game, ruining stressful. Um, so that's on me. Um, uh, but obviously people like Phantom Brave cause they keep re-releasing it. Um, and yeah, like, uh, the other mr white in the room uh i am definitely looking forward to the second volume because it's got the chp on it
0: oh such a good game
1: chp rules um like yeah that void terrarium uh those other nis uh mystery dungeon links um that came out on the ps3 all those are great they uh they really take that concept and just dump a lot of crap on it and it's just fun to like dive in there but uh, yeah, that was my August.
0: Very nice. We move on to one of the heavier months of the year was September yeah. when Bravely Default 2 released on PC, Mary Skelter finale released, Tales of Arise, Final Fantasy 4 Pixel Remaster, Crown Trick, second chapter of Delta Rooms got a surprise reveal and Shadow Drop, Diablo 2 Resurrected, Lost Judgment, Astria Ascending, Castlevania, the Game Boy Advance Collection, and Eastward all released. It was a very busy month. Finn, how about you start us off?
3: This this was uh, the month that made up for my July and August being so light. Um, Tales of Arise, obviously the big one. I went hard on this. I've been such a massive fan of the franchise, and it had been so long since Tales had been out. Um, I feel like it had been, I don't even know how many years since Berseria hit, but Three Arise four, I say. felt like they were finally it, taking it seriously. And, you know, we we mentioned the Final Fantasy VII moment for other franchises, but this felt like the first time it hit more mainstream than other mm-hmm. f- games Definitely. in the franchise. And I, I I'm a big fan of it. Uh I, I really loved it. I 100%ed this one as well. There's just it's something I do with if I really love a game like did Matthew get the platinum, then he really enjoyed the game. Uh The Tales of Verizon I thought was just uh, there was a bulk of my month. Um Final Fantasy 4 Pixel Remaster. Obviously, I have not beaten it, but I, I delved into it. because 4 is just one of the kings of the the original Final Fantasy era. Uh Deltarune, I am not playing just like I have not played chapter one yet because I really just want to wait for it all to come out so I can just play it instead of waiting X amount of unknown time for it. And then the rest of my month was uh me buying Eastward, installing it to my switch and then proceeding never to start it. And then playing a lot of lost judgment because even <laughs> though it's not nearly the RPG that like a dragon is uh lost judgment was another surprise sequel. I didn't think we'd be getting anytime soon and it was a delightfully short announcement to launch window. So I wasn't expecting to be playing it as soon as I did. And then Diablo 2 Resurrected, I completely boycotted because of Activision and the ongoing. Sadness that is that company. So, same. lot lots of same. play in September. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um,
2: Ignored it as well. And I'm a big yeah, Diablo it, 2 person. It, it, like same, I was, same. Yeah. Diablo 2 was but, so
3: much of my childhood. But same. I'm like, I can't yeah, in I good conscience yep. get this. Maybe one day, you know, yeah. I'll I'll I'll, I'll buy you, it yeah. later. But the bulk of my month was Tales of Arise, followed by Lost Judgment, and uh, a little bit of Final Fantasy 4 Pixel Remaster. I am curious about Mary Skelter finale, but I, I'm not familiar with it, so I didn't get it.
0: It basically takes like fairy tale princesses and stuff and makes them into murderous anime girls locked in a first person dungeon RPG. Huh. That gains their powers from
1: blood. It's a family story. Yeah. One of the most wholesome games I played for sure. Very wholesome. Just yeah.
0: very wholesome. <laughs> Oh,
3: it's Idea Factory. That makes sense then.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much.
1: When you know, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. uh, Who's next?
1: Jump on in. Lucas. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I am the criminal who put Mary Skelter on the list. (laughs) Uh, This is so, so the the thing about like being in games journalism at the time I was. You played a lot of compile heart games, there there was no getting around it. If you like RPGs and you wanted to like do work, I have played so many hyperdimension at games. (laughs) So Mary Skelter comes along and I've kind of like escaped the curse of compile heart, uh, despite like legitimately being into some parts of their games. Um, Like Mary Skelter comes out and I'm like, this looks uncomfortably horny. (laughs) <laughs> i'm gonna skip this um I then it was like on super duper sale on the e-shop at one point i was like eh, sure i'll try it oh it's a first person dungeon crawler okay it is extremely edgy it's pretty horny um but it also has some of like the most insanely in-depth like internal like continuity i've like ever experienced in a game like this Mm-hmm. Like the the storyline is just on super long and like it it like wraps around itself in the sequel, which is like why they're bundled together now. And then like in the third game, it just like dumps. Just like uh, it it really feels like they've been that story was like planned out. You know what I mean? Like it it is just like structurally impressive. Um, and I really don't know if I would recommend this game to anyone who has like (laughs) reasonable tastes or like is a normal human being. I don't know, but just something about the way these games are put together, just like really grabbed me. Um, and it's got those like anime time travel stuff or whatever. Like it's, it's very like tropey um and like this is the part where i uh sort of expose myself a little bit uh where it's like it's got some corpse party vibes that's kind of my thing that's been my mm-hmm. thing uh it is so edgy um i don't know like like I, i'm making it sound like a bad game and i i think it is a bad game probably but it just Well liked, you're
0: doing a good job selling yeah, it, I gotta say.
1: It it hit the way I did not expect it to. Um so now I have the collector's edition of the third game on the shelf. That's the first time I said that out loud. Uh
0: <laughs> this this whole tr- narrative has taken an un like unexpected turns. I don't know where you're take what where you're taking us, Lucas. This is exciting.
1: That's pretty much it. Um like it is, it is a very tasteless game um, in a lot of different ways. There are games that are worse, um, and I think that's how I made it through it. Um, it does the thing where it's like rub on the girl to good stats, I guess. But like, you don't have to do that, and so like the game was like, "Hey, do this," and I said, "No, actually, I will not do this." I was still able to get through the game. Um, But like, you know, that game comes with several content warnings. Just I'll leave it at that. Um, Tales of Arise, I think I share this opinion. Everyone else does. It was a really good game. Um, I am up and down on Tales and haven't really finished very many of them. But this game, I was just like start to finish. Let's go all the way through. I think uh, the story is really interesting. It, it sort of does a really, uh, a really strikingly good job of like depicting different forms of oppression and how people react. And, it, and it's weird because it's like those forms of oppression are like the monster of the week. So like you go to one area and it's like this is how these people are miserable, and you go to the next area and it's like this is how these people are miserable. And this is how, you know, they react to it. Like there's like, oh, we're so sad and beaten up and blah, blah, blah. But then there's like, oh, we've been driven to like ratting each other out and stuff for like meager rewards we get. And there's one that's like, you're all my slaves, but like I treat you really well. So that's good, right? Uh, So like it really runs like uh, the gamut of what human oppression can look like. And I think they really take like a... a a real life sort of uh look on it instead of like you see slavery uh as a concept show up in video games especially japanese games a lot and it's just like really there's nothing to it there's no substance to it it's usually like like in dragon quest 5 it's like you go to the bad guy labor camp for a little bit and then you escape and that's it uh tales takes it uh further Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and uh you know and then it does the tails thing like three fourths of the way through um mixed feelings on that uh if you know you know yeah. um but yeah i think uh just just for the for the listeners uh this is also like the first tails game i believe that came out after uh the series producer left uh what was his name baba baba it, yeah yeah um, so like the, the guy who has been running the God Eater series is now also running Tails. Um, I, and I was I really curious, that. like, yeah, I was curious what that looks like. What does, what does God Eater Tales DNA look like when it kind of comes together? And and, mm-hmm. and, and I think like, just like the slight tweaks to the art style and like the, the kind of like more serious and like a grounded way story not that other tales games don't tackle difficult themes but just like it just has this different energy to it uh but it still feels like a tales game um and it's also like gorgeous to look at um like the the art style is a little different like it's not as like heavily anime um as some of the older ones can be um it's just like it's an interesting game um it's interesting that it landed the way it did. It's interesting that it has like such a different, like, creative vibe to it. It's just, it's interesting. It's a good game. Uh, I don't know why Castlevania is on here, but like Castlevania rules. So, <laughs> shout-outs to Castlevania. Uh, this game came out. I didn't bother looking out for like a code. I didn't bother asking anyone. You just bought it. Day-to-day. I just bought it. Yeah, same. Shit. Yep. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Harmony of Dissonance is a game that I really enjoy. Uh, a lot of people don't like that one, and I understand why. Uh, but I like the weird tinny chip tunes, and I also like being able to play as a Belmont in one of these, like, Metroidvania games. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Shout-outs to Castlevania. Um, and That's I guess collection. Dracula X, by extension. Sure. Yeah. Um, god i'm like cotton mouthing myself i play so many games in september uh F- final fantasy 4 uh square enix you will not make me you will not trick me into playing another goddamn version of final fantasy 4 IV. <laughs> i've had enough <laughs> i bought it because i bought the whole set and you know that's great i will not play that game all the way through um I, you know depending on like how how good it is but are you waiting I, for the
3: after years pixel remaster god no <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we but can only hope i think after the psp version of four um i think i just feel like satisfied with that game you know It's a good like,
0: version of it
1: it's a yeah. very
0: good version of it
1: and i only went through like two or three four other versions before that one so you know People like Final Fantasy four, but, uh, you know, like, like, give me, give me some more of like five or something. Like, please. Um, uh, yeah. So like, but still like all the same stuff we've been talking about applies. Uh, one more, I promise. Uh, Astria ascending is a weird, 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 weird game, but it's got a really interesting premise. Um, I personally really don't like the 2d, JRPG side-scrolling thing. Uh, You don't see it that often. Um, And I know people love Valkyria. uh, Jesus. Valkyrie Valkyrie Profile. profile. Thank you. Um, But I I just don't like it. Uh, I think it feels weird. Um, It feels weird here. But if you can get through that, um, there is like a really interesting story happening. Um, It's basically like the... The group of heroes has basically like signed up for hero status, but like hero status kills you after a few years. Um, So like you get a bunch of different takes on like uh, being aware of your like impending mortality kind of thing. Um, And and it just goes interesting places. That's all Uh, lost judgment. hit. I said, Jesse, please take lost judgment, Please." (laughs) please i'm drowning
0: there you go there you go what about what about you stormy
2: so uh lost judgment i didn't play um because i haven't played the original judgment i do want to of course i'm i i'm a certified yakuza sicko at this point but um it's just on the back burner for now um my big game so there were two really big games for me that this month, uh, I of course, bought the Castlevania Game Boy Advance collection as well. Day and date without giving it a second thought. I've maybe played a few hours of the first game in the collection and then haven't touched it as we all do with our backlog related old re-releases. But Eastward is a game that I hadn't heard of until early 2021. And then a friend of the show, Eric Van Allen shared the trailer with me he was just watching it it had just dropped it was like oh you should check this out and i fell in love with the art style the soundtrack what i saw it gave me zelda meets uh, earthbound vibes and uh, i feel the game delivered on it it wasn't a perfect game but as soon as it came out and i started playing it i became obsessed with it it's one of the best pixel like you know 16-bit-esque Soundtracks you will ever hear uh, composed by the incredible Joel Corlitz. Uh, he was a guest on Fun and Games this year. So we got to talk to him about the soundtrack, um, but easily one of the best game like Chip tuny game soundtracks I, I've ever heard in a long time. Gameplay's fun. It feels very much like a Zelda game. Um, the story is really interesting. It kind of misses the mark. I feel like towards the end, it's a little convoluted, but all in all, I really had a good time with it. It's some of the best character moment writing I've seen in this style of 16 bit-esque RPG. Um, I think that just the, the, the main, one of the main protagonists, Sam, as as far as children characters written, she's one of the most delightful and interesting optimistic characters ever put in a game. Um, and to the same point, John, the other protagonist you play as is one of the better silent protagonists I've seen in a while. He has a lot of depth and I really enjoyed it. Um, it's a fantastic game. I played it on the switch. Uh, it was gorgeous to play, uh, on the regular version. I'm curious how it looks on the OLED, but I finished it before I got my OLED, um, so yeah, I highly recommend it. Great indie game. Totally worth checking out by Pixpill. Um, the other big one for me was Delta Rune Chapter 2. I love Undertale. I was on this very podcast talking about Undertale. Um, and uh, I, of course, love Delta Rune Chapter 2. I'd considered not playing cha- uh, or Chapter 1. I considered not playing Chapter 2 and just waiting for the rest. But of course, I was weak and I got it and, and loved it. Uh, it Toby Fox is I think a, a brilliant game creator and I love what Deltarune is doing. I love what it's doing that's different from Undertale, but also the word Snowgrave. I'm not going to explain, but if you like the twisted stuff that Undertale does and you've beaten Deltarune chapter 2, look up the Snowgrave route because it's truly some of the most incredible and twisted meta storytelling I've seen. Um I am now debating now that he's announced he's working on three through seven, I think, or three through five of the seven chapters. And when those come out, the game will have a price tag to play the rest. Uh, I'm considering waiting for the completed game at this point because of how much I just love the second chapter and how it locks in the kind of RPG mechanics that are going to be different this time around in a different way that Undertale was different. Uh, which is what I really love. Um, So I highly recommend it. The first two chapters are free on every platform they're on. So if you've been curious about Delta room, definitely go check it out. Um, Also some of the best music in gaming. We talked about a lot of that with the, in the undertale episode earlier this year, that Toby Fox's music is just some of the more incredible, unique video game music that's been released. Um, And then uh, and that was really it. As far as what I played, I want to play Tales of Arise. I've seen so much good buzz, but the the amount of time I know it's going to take to finish has put it on the back burner for me. It's on my wish list and I do want to play it. I've heard that it's a great entry point, even though so many of the other Tales games are good, too. I've heard that because this one is so polished and well done, it's a really great entry point into the series. Um, and so I'm excited to eventually hopefully get to it early next year.
0: Very, very good. And for me, my big one this month was Tales of the uh, Tales of Arise. I absolutely loved it. I had been looking forward to this game since it was accidentally leaked on Bandai Namco's website uh, at E3 a couple years ago. Um, but no, as a giant Tales fan, I own every version, er, every Tales game that's been localized in complete editions, including the original two on place or the first two that released on PlayStation over here. I a couple years ago, I went through a series playthrough and played through all of the localized and translated um, Tales games. So big, big Tales fan. Absolutely love this game. Um, I, I love like Dohalim and a bunch of the characters are interesting. I think it it's Arise does a lot of really cool things to set it up. I don't think it nails or I think it kind of kind of forgoes a lot of plot threads and things towards the end and it didn't the ending didn't land as much for me as other Tales games have but still overall a fantastic fantastic entry into the series. Um I picked up Final Fantasy for a Pixel Remaster. I haven't really touched it much just for my collection. Uh the Castlevania GBA collection, played through that, really enjoyed it. Um well, I've played through playing through Circle of the Moon, the the first one that came out on GBA. That was a lot of fun. But yeah, most of my time was really just spent in September playing through Tales of Arise, and I absolutely, absolutely loved it. So we move on to October, a slightly smaller month, but arguably, in my opinion, one of the most important months. Um, we had the Caligula Effect 2 released, Guardians of the Ga- Galaxy, Voice of Cards, Dungeon Encounters, and Super Robot Wars finally got a Western localization. Hell, with yeah. Super Robot Aww. Wars Thirty, yeah,
3: it did. Ever since we had, the GBA games, at least,
0: yeah. Well, I, well, this is the first actual mainline one, right? Um, yeah. Original generation had original characters and everything, and that's why I was able to become over here. But the fact that we got a main Super Robot Wars game, let alone a anniversary edition with even more characters from different series what a surprise
3: <laughs> they actually just announced dlc that's going to yeah. include gundam iron-blooded orphans
0: mm-hmm. makes sense that's cool it's this just blows me away from like a longtime fan of the series that we're getting a legit copy like a legit localized version of super robot wars in the west
1: so good so good and it just came out of nowhere, too.
0: Yeah, we uh, were
1: like, Why is this on Steam? And oh, and we
0: and it got even, announced
1: like several days later.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we even got the uh version that comes with the actual anime soundtracks. It, it's pricey for the, mm-hmm. the cost and everything, but yeah, my month was spent playing this and Dungeon Encounters, which is a Square Enix turn based game that I fell in love with. It just condenses the formula of like a turn-based RPG and dungeon exploration game into its purest essence and just lets you run with it. And I fucking love dungeon encounters.
3: It always looks so fun because that's my jam, but every screenshot does nothing to sell it to normal people. Cause it looks like you're just moving a character along a uh, New York crossword puzzle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's what you do.
3: And it's great, though, because that's like you said, it's distilled down.
0: I'm someone who is like my most Zen is when I can just like grind in an RPG. I love grinding in a game. And this game scratches that itch like perfectly.
1: Right on. Agreed. Well, I haven't played the game, but the grinding thing. That's Mm -hmm. yeah.
3: There's a simple pleasure to zoning out and just like grinding. Mm -hmm. Make
2: those numbers go up it depends on the game but for sure i can definitely certain games for sure that's true
0: but what about the rest of you guys what were you playing uh in the Uh, old october
2: october was a big surprise month and like it's not an rpg but like everyone knows that i'm a metroid sicko and it came out that month and like lucas mentioned earlier in the episode like that was my biggest surprise of 2021 i Metroid Fusion is one of my all-time favorite games. I never thought I'd get a direct sequel to it. I missed the initial buzz years ago about Metroid. And so when the sequel got announced, that was most of my October, was waiting for that in the OLED so I could play this game. Um, but a different kind of surprise was Guardians of the Galaxy for me. I, You mentioned in yuck jest yuck. earlier that we got 25 mm-hmm. minutes of game footage during that weird direct they did. but And it didn't do the game justice. But Oh, not at all. But I kept hearing so many people talking about it. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I don't own that many proper PS5 games. This is a proper released for PS5. Let me buy it. Let's give it a shot. I love Marvel. I love the Guardians comics. I love the movies. Let's give it a shot. And boy, was I blown away by this game. One of my biggest surprises of the whole year Um, It is the definitive way to experience the Guardians of the Galaxy. If you like the movies, which I enjoy and I like James Gunn, I never realized what a poor version of Star-Lord Chris Pratt was until I saw this version. This game has so much heart the combat is not great, but as someone who's played mass effect one, as long as I have dealing with a great story and not great combat is my wheelhouse. And the story has so much heart. It's got a wall to wall 80s soundtrack and an entire album by a band called star Lord that they created just for the game on top of this 80s soundtrack. It's got, uh, some of the best voice acting and story writing I've seen in a game. The whole cast put the MCU versions of these characters to shame. Um, like they put their own spin on it. They stand out on their own. Um, hell, it got me to dye my hair and cut my dye my hair blonde and cut my hair because I enjoyed Starlight so much. So, you know, there's that. Oh, um, yeah. But like, seriously, if you're a Marvel fan, like my biggest fear, we alluded to this earlier, even though it's not really an RPG and it didn't come out this year. Avengers had a great single player story. It's a shame it wasn't a single player game. Um, and so like after that happened, I was afraid we were only going to get Avengers games, which are not great. And then the Spider-Man games, which are great. And Guardians of the Galaxy reminded me that you can do so much more with Marvel than what they've been doing. It makes me excited for the future of the diversity of franchises we're going to get in video game form. And it reminded me also that the MCU is not the only way to experience these characters anymore. I'm a comic person. I grew up reading comics, but I've had trouble keeping up with comics in the last decade or so. And so to get a story like this in a game like this with such a breath of fresh air and as a music nerd, like being able to huddle your characters together and then hit play on your tape deck. And Rick Astley is never going to give you up play as you use your super moves with all your characters (laughs) is like the perfect kind of like brain poison for me in the best way. Like I just, I have so many great clips of me like kicking ass to like that and like you know, George Michael, Wham, and, and other stuff. It's just such a great, genuine, laugh-out-loud funny moments, too. It, it And and heartfelt. There's a Drax storyline that I don't want to spoil that had me in tears, and you never get those kinds of moments with Drax in the movies. He's good for a laugh, but that's about it. So that was my big October, besides Metroid, was falling in love with this Guardians game.
0: For sure, for sure. Finn, what about you?
2: Uh, for me, it was about... The delight
3: of Super Robot Wars. Um, I didn't get Dungeon Encounters in October, but I did get Voice of Cards because um, I'm, I was a big Terra Battle fan, and so mm. having him do the art on Voice of Cards, uh, I was just like, okay, I'm in. I don't care. And you know what? Probably my favorite card based game of the year. I think it might be my only one, but I my my <laughs> point still stands. It was great. And then, uh, but the big one to, to piggyback off Stormy, Guardians is my surprise of the year. Uh, I don't think anyone after that E three showing was going to go. Here's a game of the year contender, especially for the plot, and then have it come out and like just blow you when it won best narrative of the year at the Game Awards. I was like, and it's deserved. I, I really thought if you had told me back in July that that was going to be the case, I would have been like, who did they pay? But no, the mm-hmm. game really solid. And as a huge comic person myself, uh, it, it is a love letter to the entire galactic just side of Marvel. You get so many Easter eggs and nods to all kinds of people. Like if you just come from an MCU background, you're going to you're going to still get a lot of enjoyment. But the more you know about the comics, the more you're going to love just all the little moments in the game. Uh but yeah I mean October what September and October were really big because Voice of Cards I haven't even scratched the surface on that I'm still got so much more time in Robot Wars but Guardians took uh, like when it came out I was like all right let's see what this is about and then it just overtook my time that's all I played
1: Yeah Uh Lucas Sure Uh my favorite Guardians of the Galaxy and Video Games is uh Rocket and Groot in uh, ultimate alliance 3 because you <laughs> yeah. get you get two of them in yeah. one slot so yeah, you can like good. yeah uh joking aside um i haven't played that just yet um because when i got it i sat and listened to that whole album in the <laughs> beginning hell yeah it's great <laughs> yeah, the album is so good um and then i played like a little bit and haven't been able to get back to it yet uh so that's that's unfortunate um caligula effect 2 is on here i the title of that game just terrifies me. I, I refuse to touch those games. <laughs> um, I, I don't, I don't see Caligula in the title of a JRPG and think anything good can come out of that uh, voice of cards. I just started the demo the other day and it's really interesting. Um, it, it might be a little too slow paced for me. I don't know. I want to give it some more time. Um, it's cool. There's a demo. Yeah. Um, and like, speaking of Terra battle, uh, we, I forgot to mention Fantasian earlier. Um, so I just wanted to give a brief shout out to Fantasian. It's got really cool handmade miniature backgrounds. Um, you know, it's very, to the very damn Apple walker Yes. <laughs> Apple Arcade. Uh. R.I.P. Dungeon Encounters is another one I want to try, but have not. Um Yeah. Super robot wars. That was, that was my October. Um, holy crap. I can't believe uh, a game that's such a nightmare of licensing actually came out in English. Um, and that is almost undoubtedly why it did not get a physical release. Um, I had really, um, I had been kind of respecting those games from afar and didn't actually play one until fairly recently. I, randomly imported one of the uh, switch games uh, because like all the, all the cool Bandai games that don't get imported still have English now. uh, Thanks to Southeast Asia. So I played it. It was great. And then all of a sudden there was a new one and I didn't have to like pay extra for uh, importing anymore. Um, And it's just really cool to, to see that happen. Uh, These games have fantastic animation, um, that once you eventually do get tired of looking at, you can totally skip it. Like it's got all that in mind. Uh, it's a pretty solid strategy game. Um I think most of the strategy kind of comes in between fights because you can like move your pilots around to different mobile suits and like choose which to upgrade and all this other stuff you can kind of tinker with in between fights. Um, and the, you know, we mentioned the music earlier. Uh, if you... If you like any of the series or are curious about any of the series, um, and you've got like a hundred bucks, <laughs> um, you can, you can listen to all the licensed music, uh, in the game, uh, which is really neat. And even if you don't like, they still kind of do like a fake kind of orchestrated version of them. Um, that's still kind of like, if you know the song, you'll, you'll recognize it. Um, but they actually like changed their entire release structure of that uh, for this game. Uh, just as a tidbit, um, the vocals, the, the actual licensed music only came in limited editions physical release uh, for these games in Japan. That was the only way to get the licensed music. So for this, they chopped it off. They didn't do the limited thing and they just put a really big price tag on it so everyone could you know who could afford it could get it um it's just really strange that that worked out the way it did um yeah like it's it's a mecha strategy rpg that hits everything it needs to for me uh i love gundam i love mecha in general i like mazinger there's so much mazinger in these games mm-hmm. um and then like there's always like one or two things that is just like i haven't heard of this and you can go and look it up and you know, maybe maybe find something new that you'd be into. Um there's just like a lot of that. That's all that game is. It's great. So yeah, shout outs to uh shout outs to Bondi for for making that happen.
0: Yeah. Props From what to I've uh, been told it was not easy. Oh <laughs> well, I I doubt it was, but I'm I'm so so glad that we finally got in and hopefully it's just a tease and taste of what's to come and that we get super robot wars as a as a common thing now uh going forward um next up in november we had final fantasy 5 pixel remaster we had knights of the old republic releasing on switch we had pokemon brilliant Diamond and shining pearl Shen megami tensei 5 yet another skyrim version tales of luminaria the next ill-fated tales of mobile game that will last maybe a year and blue reflection second light uh lucas what were you playing
1: sure um So I played a little bit of the Pokemon game. Uh, diamond was like the peak of like my ability to put free time into these games. And I liked it anyway. So just kind of revisiting the music and everything. Um, you can tell game freak outsourced it, um, for better or worse. Like it's cute, um, but it's very straightforward compared to a lot of the other remakes. Um, So, like, uh, like, it didn't really, like, keep me long enough to get further into it. Um, I tried Tales of Luminaria and just hated everything about it. (laughs) Um, That is just not a comfortable game to play physically. Uh, Blue Reflection is one I put on here. Um, I played that and really enjoyed it. It's like a darker... Or more grown up, whatever you want to call it, magical girl thing uh, that isn't like just sadistic torturing of the magical girls. Like, usually it's like the twist is that terrible things happen to them and they bleed and and get assaulted and stuff. And uh, aren't you so happy to have grown up with Sailor Moon, idiot? Um, But this one is like not edgy at all. It's like the characters have like realistic high school ish problems. And the like transformation RPG stuff is really just like kind of propping that up. Um, so it's just like if you're into magical girl stuff, I definitely recommend this, but play the first one first. Um, and it's got like a really like dreamy art style and it's, like kind of surreal. It's it's cool. Uh, video games. Uh Shimigami Tensei is what I've spent most of my November on. Obviously, I think we've established at this point, everyone here likes a good old Shin Megami Tensei. I think this is the biggest victim of the Nintendo Switch uh, technical limitations. Um, at the same time, it's also like the most impressive that series has ever looked. So, you know, uh, pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very much uh, more interested in like jumping off of Nocturne than the uh, games that came after Nocturne. But it has some similar things in that it's got, like, these little side menus you can kind of, like, poke at over time to sort of tweak your experience a little bit. Um, in SMT4, it was, like, you could set up, like, regenerating HP or MP after a while. Um, and this it's not as straightforward, but it's still, like, little ways to make the game a little less oppressive. And there's also, like, difficulty options and stuff. But it's just, like, a... yeah. It has that Nocturne vibe, but it's also a very different kind of thing. It's like,
0: I think the open world nature aspect really sets this apart from previous SMT games. Like it feels vastly different walking around the the giant regions as opposed to uh, the dungeons that you would more traditionally find in an SMT game. At least that was for my my experience.
1: Yeah. And also you're like a bright blue superhero, like, you know, that kind of color. Doesn't usually show up in a one of these. So you're like, you're not only just running around open world, you're like just Naruto running across it and like sliding down sand dunes and stuff. Um, But yeah, like the open world is interesting. Um, I actually feel like they kind of snuck dungeons in through the open world in a way, because like. A lot of the big areas you end up in have, um, right and wrong answers as far as like where you go. It's not just like you can go anywhere. It's like, there's a lot of like twisting paths and dead ends and hidden nooks and crannies. And like, they really like utilize that to, uh, sort of make getting through them as much as a challenge as maybe a dungeon in the previous games was. Um, and then they just like hammer you with monsters. Like they just don't stop spawning. It's terrifying. Um, Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as far as like being a not persona, one of these, um, I think it makes a lot of concessions to that style. Um, it's a little more anime than the previous games. Um, but at the same time, I think it's really unapologetic about like how nasty it is. And and, like, I think the especially in like the soundtrack and stuff where it's like, Nocturne where it's just like somebody banging on a guitar for most of it, um, like in a closed room. And that just makes everything feel more dangerous, um, which is kind of what that game is. Um, So yeah, Uh, that's it for me, I think. Yep.
0: Cool. Stormy, what about you?
2: So this month, the big one for me was, uh, was Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, which is the version I bought. Um, Kind of the opposite of the experience Lucas had, completely um i bailed on the the original ds version of this game i I, pokemon is a franchise that i deeply love yeah i know pokemon is a franchise that i deeply love but i've had like stopping points and i hear that's pretty common for most folks like i love gen Mm. one then i never played gen two i came back with gen three and then fell off on gen uh you know and then fell off for a bit and then like the black one and two and then x is like when i really got hit full gear again. And so on and played the remakes along that time, except for I've still never played Gen 2. I'll rectify it eventually. Travesty. I know. (laughs) Travesty. But but like, I remember I got I got the original pro version and I just I think it was just that I wasn't playing a lot of games at the time. Like we've all ebbed and flowed with our gaming over the years, too. And I think Mm -hmm. I just it didn't hook me and and then what's funny is with this remake for the exact reason that it didn't hook you lucas is the exact reason it did hook me the fact that it was so straightforward and there weren't a ton of gimmicks like some of the newer games have which the the gimmicks aren't bad by the way like i actually liked mega evolution in the x gen and wish they'd bring that back but like Mm. this being so straightforward and kind of point a to point b and quality life upgrade of um, the XP share and always saying on the pause screen where you had to go next allowed me to play at my pace without forgetting what I needed Mm. to do or getting lost or, you know, and having to, you know, switch out Pokemon constantly. I could kind of just power through the leveling and I really loved it. I had a great time. I also got to play it a bunch with my nephew um, who, has gotten into Pokemon over the last few years and really loves playing them on the switch. And so we got the different versions from each other and we're going to trade Pokemon the next time I see him. And like, so that really pushed me to play it too. But I think if you, if you're just looking for a straightforward Pokemon experience, this is ideal. If you're looking for something more like sword and shield or even X and Y, like, like, this is not that you're going to be very bored. But if you're looking for a straightforward Pokemon experience that feels like the old games, but has some of the quality of life stuff from the new stuff, this is a very good version to play, especially with new players. I think it it's a really good entry point for folks who just want to. F- Feel what the quote unquote pure Pokemon experience was, which doesn't really exist. There's no such thing. But like a kind of like, what is Pokemon? This is a good stepping stone. Um, and I had fun with it. I, I, I blasted through it. Um, my go to's were in this playthrough were, of course, my boy Gengar and a um, golem. And then I tried some new ones like I picked Piplup this time when I had Chimchar in the original version, um, who I I ended up really loving and uh, I didn't get a post game Bulbasaur yet. I plan to Bulbasaur and that line is my favorite. But uh, but I ended up really enjoying it. I think that it, it's a perfectly fine and good version of these games. It's not groundbreaking in any way, but definitely was fun to play. Um, SMT five uh, is on my wish list. Uh, hearing how punishing it is has made me hesitant because I just don't we'll always play have on the, a
0: lower difficulty and you'll be fine.
2: Yeah, I don't always have the patience for the harder difficulty stuff. Um, but that said, it's been on my wish list and I'm going to pick it up probably in the new year. Uh, yeah, I, most of my November was just uh, obsessing over this re-release of a Pokemon game that I didn't originally like and ended up loving this time through.
1: It's funny because uh, Black and White was the one I missed. <laughs> really? <laughs> I played, Interesting. Yeah, I played so much Diamond and Pearl and skipped Black and White uh, completely. It's always different for for everybody. It's very funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, like, for the record, like, I agree with everything you said about that game. Um Yeah like it, it is straightforward and breezy and it's got those quality of life uh it's just like as someone who had played that game already it was like right oh I, i've been here before but but i don't want to sell it short because yeah, what you said same uh same reaction for me as far as like will people enjoy it
0: yeah uh finn what about you
3: um, well, obviously the big one is Pokemon. I got Brilliant Diamond and Saki got uh, Shining Pearl. She never played this generation, but for me, Diamond and Pearl was my one of my favorite gens. I sunk so much time into the DS version of this because uh, I skipped Ruby Sapphire. So this was the one that brought me back into Pokemon. Um, I have a rule where I only ever play with a team of new Pokemon, it's to force me to stop relying on like my old classics. That's legit. You know, so, so nice. you said Gengar goal and I'm like, Oh, that would have been nice, but <laughs> no, I, uh, I mean, even with that, I, I still had so many cool, some, I forgot how many of my favorite all time Pokemon came out in this gen. Like I'm a huge Weavile fan and just all, I forgot how many, New evolutions for classic characters came in this generation, like Rhyperior and stuff like that, and uh, Magnazone. But <clears throat> I digress. Point is, uh, I every you guys have already said what needs to be said. I will point out one thing in light of all of the quality of life changes that were added to this game. The one that the the giant oversight I hate is you can't give me reusable TMs in Sword and Shield. And then bring me back kicking and screaming into the one use bullshit TMs. Like, I hate that. Like, I'm sorry I want to teach a Pokemon rock uh, tomb, but, you know, I have to choose just one because there's no other way to ever get it again. I hate it. It's stupid. Breakable TMs is something that I never knew I wanted to get rid of until Sword and Shield gave it to me. And now you're putting me back into it. Shenanigans is what I say to that.
1: But God, you just brought me back to grinding for multiple earthquake TMs while I yeah, was like trying to play with, with <laughs> like
3: battle with like battle pass points or uh. b- battle points. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like should not be the case. I think Sword and Shield did it perfectly. Where some of them were single use, but the majority of them were reusable. It just makes everything better. Anyway, I picked up Final Fantasy five Pixel Remaster because I bought the set. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei V. I have not put nearly as much time into as I thought. Uh, it just, it doesn't, it's like you said, it, it, it is really showing the Switch's limitations. And it reminded me a lot of Xenoblade Chronicles and Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, X on for the Wii and Wii U respectively, because both of those games came out and I was like, boy, this sure would be better if it was on a non-Nintendo system that was (laughs) strength constrained. (laughs) So it's, it's same thing, but I mean, it's still, good old core smt goodness i just need to give more time into it and but i mean the bulk of my time i'm still going through brilliant diamond so we're still chugging away at it oh yeah
0: very nice uh for me um have not picked up pokemon i was hoping i was going to get it for christmas and unfortunately i didn't get any fun stuff for christmas uh um so no games or anything but um anxious to try it but what I have been playing I dabbled a little bit in Final Fantasy 5 Pixel Remaster because I absolutely love Final Fantasy 5 um, yes. I checked out KOTOR on Switch very pr- pretty damn solid port on the Switch had a lot of fun with it Um, but the main Ooh. game that has been taking up my time for the past almost two months now has been Shin Megami Tensei 5 I love it I'm doing the guys for IGN of it and I know all the things about Shin Megami Tensei V. So. Sick. It's a good game. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I agree. It definitely makes the Switch show its age. Um, I don't know if I love or hate the protagonist's flowing blue hair. It changes day by day. Um, And he has a cool laser hand sword. So, I mean, that's all cool. And scratches that same smt itch i wish there were more like traditional dungeons i guess i don't get the dungeon feel uh that kind of you mentioned with the Mm -hmm. the wide open environments lucas um there are a couple like traditional uh smt dungeon like things farther in towards the end i wish there were a couple more but overall it's been an excellent excellent game i think with the added like safe difficulty and the It kind of uh, the experience and resource boosting DLC you can get for like a couple bucks that can help for new players as well. I think it's a great entry point for new players. Um, I think it's far easier to go from SMT5 to SMT3 as opposed to cutting your teeth and getting your feet wet with the series in SMT3 nowadays. Uh, Because I feel that's much more punishing. But yeah. Absolutely, absolutely loving SMT5. And uh, yeah, that's really that. And I've been playing Final Fantasy 14 a lot, trying to catch up to Q Segway and Walker, which release in December, along with uh, some others, which include Monster Rancher 1 plus 2 DX, the Fate Sworn DLC for Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning, and the craptastic port of Final Fantasy 7 Remake on the PC.
3: For now, it'll be fine later.
0: That's true. That's true. Um, at time of recording, it's uh, it's a little rough, <laughs> yeah, obviously. it's a little rough, man. But, I, uh, I, I what have folks been playing this month? I Any, can't anything. Be-
2: I can't believe that we got a Monster Rancher one and two port. Like I haven't played, I haven't bought the Switch versions, though I plan to. But like that game, I loved the the first game so much on PlayStation, and it is wild yeah. to me that we got remasters of those games. I never on my bingo card for twenty twenty one that was never on the list and i'm so excited that those are out and people can play them um and that you can actually like use the e-shop as like uh instead of discs like downloads are now your months it's just wild i love it i can't i can't wait to finally dig into those but it's funny you bring up 14 a game that i bounced off so hard when a realm reborn first came out played a monk got like 12 levels in and burned out and didn't like it I have now been playing it for about two months. I started a brand new character. (laughs) Uh I am a I just became a paladin. I just got to like level thirty-three the other night. Uh let's go. I uh Alley bro. I, I am uh I've been playing, so uh, a person we've named dropped several times now. I had no idea that Jesse Vitelli was a secret 14 sicko until we got closer to Endwalker. Like he never talked about it, but was constantly playing it. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I bought the $20 version ages ago. So I have Realm Reborn in the first expansion. Let's pay 15 bucks in November and try it. And man, have I got sucked in. Once Jesse told me that you could just do the main quest line and ignore literally everything else, it unlocked something in my brain because I was so overwhelmed by all the quests in that game. Uh, But knowing that you could speed through leveling practically by just doing the main quest, I've been doing that and having a blast. The story in the first game is hit or in the first part of the game is hit or miss. The voice acting is horrendous, but I hear that they all get fired in the first expansion and that, and then it just picks up in the first expansion. But like mechanically we were talking about podcast games before and like games that we can grind in for whatever reason. And I'm a big MMO guy, not in the last few years. Like I loved city heroes. I loved world of Warcraft. I loved, um, EverQuest like you know well EverQuest 2 EverQuest 1 I have a shaky relationship with but like I've been playing MMOs my whole life and then I fell off for many years and for whatever reason this game is hitting that specific itch of like leveling a class enjoying tanking doing some dungeons learning a bigger story and the fact that you can play this game in MMO single player, and then also team up if you want is kind of my ideal experience since I don't have a ton of time to play with others. So I've been loving it. And so eventually I'll get to Endwalker two years from now, but, but I'm, I'm really enjoying actually revisiting a realm reborn and, uh, and highly recommend it. If you've been doubt, da- well, if you don't own it, you're a SOL right now. But if you have a, you have a <laughs> for copy, the time being. for the time being, but if you have a copy and you've been sitting on it and be like, oh, I want to try it again, now I think is a good time to try and get into it because uh, there's a lot of cool stuff.
1: I can't believe Final Fantasy 14 caught COVID.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But but that was it for me for in December. Yeah, I, I've been obsessing over in Walker and then played a bunch of older games like Chicory and stuff that are not RPGs that I had been meaning to get around to.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Finn, what about you?
3: Just finishing up more Brilliant Diamond so far. This month has been a lot more hectic. So my gaming time this whole almost entire mm-hmm. month has been not as reliable. So just finishing up Brilliant Diamond. Just finished the final gym leader today, actually.
0: Nice. Nice. Good stuff. Good stuff. And Lucas, what about you?
1: All right. Um, The last like 72 hours of my life have been swallowed up by Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town. Nice. That's it. And Walker. Uh, I've made a really big chunk of progress into that. Uh, That was kind of like my secret work project was catching up in 14, uh, in time to do guides. That didn't work out for X, Y, Z reasons, but, um, still having a great time. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about like the story yet. Um, but, uh, but I do enjoy like the whole moon thing. That's a fun location and there's like lots of bunnies everywhere. And that's a good time. Um, what is interesting is since I'm caught up um
0: I would just say I'd prefer to avoid any Endwalker stuff because I'm closing in on Endwalker and I don't want to know much about it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna I won't I won't go further than that. Okay. You knew there there is the moon and bunnies. That's not yes. the secret.
0: <laughs> that much I know, yes. We're good. So with many it. bunnies.
1: All right, cool. Um but yeah, so like now that I've caught up, uh, like Matt was saying, um, you know, you can really burn through the MSQ. And every now and then I'd like find something along the way I wanted to kind of focus on for a little bit, but I was mostly just burning through. Um, now that I'm caught up, um, I actually am kind of looking forward to going back and like, you know, looking through like the special gear sets you can get from whatever dungeons and trying to get those again. i going to go back and grind that Rothlos, get that mount, uh, I, I actually took my time with the near quests, uh, to get those, uh, items, you know, cause the real end game in 14 is, is the fit, you know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't finish that game until you have a good fit. Uh, that's just how it goes. Um, that's true. yeah. So, you know, I, I'm looking forward to, to putting more energy into that instead of just like trying to catch up, um, mm-hmm. Like like you were saying, Monster Rancher, it is unbelievable that that's here. So good. Uh I remember they came out in Japan piecemeal a while back. Uh I, I think I was still at Siliconero when that came out. Um I was just like, this, this is never gonna happen. Like Koei Tecmo's been kind to us, but not that kind. <laughs> Then it's like, we're doing them both in one package. What's up? And Swayze monkey ball. Why? I don't know. Here's the Monster Rancher producer. What has he been doing for the past 20 years? I don't know, but he's still employed and here he is. <laughs> Let's go. Monster Rancher. I don't even know if I'm going to play it. I didn't really grow up on Monster Rancher, but it is so cool that it exists. Oh, yeah so cool.
0: Good old tiger that's a wolf.
1: <laughs> right? Love it. And then Final Fantasy 7 uh on PC. I was I was curious about until I heard about the issues so I'm not going to bother for now. Yeah. Um it
0: will like, get patched eventually maybe.
1: Yeah, I I hope properly. they really do like kind of fix it up and everything because uh it's a fun game and I think if you don't have a PS5, you know like that's your that's your option to play like the new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. Uh, you know, just like uh good vibes for Final Fantasy seven on PC. Definitely and that's it.
0: Cool. Well, we've made it through the year, everybody. <laughs> it's a good time. Somehow. We we have. We have. So we are quickly going to we had some submissions for uh what some people thought about the year. So we'll quickly breeze through those and then I'm gonna ask the four or uh, the three of you to let me know what your RPG of the year was. So start thinking about it, but we are going around the net. We start with user MX Hunter ZZZ from Reddit. They say 2021 will be remembered as one of the best single year of JRPGs in the last 30 years or so. I can't remember a year where so many AAA JRPGs and smaller studio RPGs were chart toppers. And so many series released their sequel or final installments together. In a year where the latest Tales game, Persona game, latest East game, and Cold Steel for for, uh, PC and Switch, and a remastered Nier game are released. A Shin Megami, an SMT5 caps off the end of the year, JRPG list. That's an insane year by any metric, and it's going to be a hard act for 2022 to follow up. My personal favorite, though, was East Nine. It was a joy to play throughout... It was a joy to play throughout in my most hyped JRPG for 2021. So there you go. Who wants to take the next one. I'll do it.
3: Uh, user IDK, but like two says, I'm kind of concerned about the state of the Japanese market right now and how that could impact future development of games in the genre. We're in a weird era where JRPGs are continuing to gain popularity worldwide, but are declining in Japan itself. Sure, good foreign sales can compensate for poor domestic sales, but the worse JRPGs do in Japan, the less developers and publishers are going to be interested in making them. The same goes for young developers wanting to work for companies that specialize
1: in them.
0: Yeah, an interesting take.
1: Uh, Just to butt in on that, because we've been kind of talking about that throughout the podcast, Uh, that part about uh, Western sales uh, making devs uninterested. That is not true. They see numbers. They like numbers. Numbers go up. <laughs> yeah, I think I would agree good. with that, too. Yeah, totally. Like, think about all the games we got after Japan started, like, dipping sales. We got Digimon. You know, we got da Hack. We got Monster Rancher. A lot has happened as the numbers in Japan get worse. <laughs> yeah. They have gotten better here. And those are some good numbers.
0: Yeah, and in Europe and all, a yeah. bunch of other regions. Big Japan regions. is a
1: very small country.
0: You want to take the next one, Lucas?
1: Yeah. Uh, AZN Loke from Reddit. I think the state of JRPGs right now is great compared to the past few years IMO. A lot of titles to be excited for. And a lot of big name titles came out recently that at least garnered some attention. And even though some big name titles can be considered to be okay, to only good and some put eyes. KH3, Severnar Arise, Scarlet Nexus, shout out to Scarlet Nexus. (laughs) They're still well liked by the majority, which is good, which is good steps in the right direction yeah yeah i mean yeah. it's sound yeah there's
0: something for everyone yeah. i think um a lot of variety out there whether you like the bigger budget titles the more bombastic ones or the more subdued kind of old school callbacks i think there's definitely something for everyone out there
2: definitely for sure i'll uh i'll grab the last one from mickey777 from reddit it's been a great year for jrpg players my absolute favorites this year are Bravely Default 2, Neo 20, or uh, uh, The World Ends with You, Tales of Arise, and SMT 5. Uh, all of these four games are amazing to me because I never thought we'd be able to. Be, I never thought we'd be getting a Bravely Default 2, a Neo, The World Ends with You, and games that absolutely deliver a great experience. In terms of Tales of Arise and SMT 5 the massive upgrade in terms of exploration just gives me high hopes for what uh for what the next games will be like in these franchises yeah i agree i think that i mean we said this a lot during the episode right that this Mm -hmm. is the best time to become a jrpg player if you're not even sure because there's just such a huge variety i mean just from the titles we talked about that we've played all of us have played western rpgs jrpgs turn-based Strategy, Like, we, we all have dabbled over the course of the year, and I don't think all of us... I mean, I would say probably Scott always dabbles, but, like, I think it's it's really apparent that there's kind of a little of something for everybody, and the accessibility options have been better than they've ever been, too. Like, SMT5 having an easier difficulty and things like that.
0: For sure, for sure. And with games taking such a departure from the previous ones in terms of quality and just production value, Tales of Horizon SMT as examples, it will be very exciting and interesting to see how they grow from there. It's a a very similar uh, kind of feeling I had with Persona 5 when that released and how that really refined and uh, kind of put a bunch of the spotlights directly on the Persona series. It's going to be anxious. I think Tales of the Tales series had their Final Fantasy 7 moment this year with Arise. I think a lot more people in the mainstream will have their eyes on Tales games going forward. Um, because of the production quality and the presentation and just the gameplay that Arise brought to the series. I'm anxious to see what it will be like with the next game.
1: Yeah, you really see, like, um, the the conversation we've been having uh, about where the genre is. You're seeing bigger and better tools become cheaper and cheaper at the same time. Uh, Japanese companies are embracing spaces that they shied away from in the past, right? So, like, they're showing up on Steam, like we mentioned before, and tons of people are buying their games on Steam. At the same time, not every game that comes out has its own engine anymore. Uh, And then Unreal Unreal 5 around the corner, which is going to be, you know, they're just going to hand that out. Um, I I feel like it's just going to make, like, those budgets that are already kind of small just go down further, hopefully. Um, especially since, like, all the consoles now are just PCs anyway. Like, it's just, like, the the pieces are fitting together very well.
0: I completely, completely agree. What are your guys' favorite RPGs of the year? Uh, Finn, how about you go first?
3: Um, so... I was thinking about everything and, and I, I never give it to games that are just like games I've already played before. So stuff like Mass Effect Legendary Edition or any of the Pixel remasters, I immediately never consider. So I think in terms of the RPG I had the most fun with this year, it'd be Tales of Arise.
0: Very nice, very nice. Good pick, good pick. Lucas, what about yourself?
1: Sure. Um. So... Just to plug the website at Prima Games, we gave the best RPG to SMT Five. Um, personally, I like you could ask me, and that answer would change every day. Um, but I think I think in my heart of hearts, the answer is Super Robot Wars Thirty.
0: Nice, good pick, good pick. What about you, Stormy?
2: It's tough, right? I'm I feel like Lucas too. Like my favorite game. My favorite game of the year is Metroid Dread because I'm a fanboy. But like my favorite RPG, it's just it, it depends on what I'm in the mood for. But I think uh, based on what we talked about today, like the Mass Effect Legendary Edition is up there because it's so important to me. But if we're talking just new games, Boyfriend Dungeon is a game I've been looking forward to for a very long time. And while the combat stuff wasn't flawless, um, I think it was a really great game uh different kind of action rpg to play and i had so much fun with it so it's probably my number one rpg of the year
0: very nice very nice and for me i gotta say tales of a rise it just did so much really really well and even though i had some uh qualms with how maybe it stuck some of its landings i still think from the beautiful, beautiful visuals to the fast-paced combat to um, the cast, I thought it was an incredibly strong entry to the franchise, and I cannot wait to see what we get next with Tales. That's hopefully not a mobile game because I, I fucking hate the mobile games. Don't, don't play the mobile games. They're so um, bad, so bad. And you invest money, and they'll be done within less than a year. But now it's the <laughs> end of the episode, and I want to thank you all for stopping in and hanging out with me today. But, of course, before I let you go, I want you to plug your stuff and where people can find you on the internet. So, uh, Finn, you go first.
3: Um, I'm at NOLA Nerdcast on Twitter. <clears throat> I'm also part of the uh, the SDGC podcast uh, for gaming and no- the NOLA Nerdcast for comics. Um, and then just I just enjoy... Being on the internet talking to people about nerdy stuff. So, hello in advance.
0: What's up?
2: Heck yes. Stormy, what about you? Uh, you can find me in a lot of places. Pretty much if you Google DJ underscore again, you'll be brought to one of my many platforms. I'm most vocal and interactive on Twitter at DJ underscore Stormageddon. And if you want to check out any of the podcasts that I do or any of the things that I work on, you can go to djstormageddon.com. It's all there. I host four different podcasts, produce a ton of other stuff, and uh, occasionally Twitch stream. So that's where you can find me doing my thing.
0: There you go. And last but certainly not least, Lucas, how about you?
1: Sure. Uh, you can find mostly what I do on primagames.com. It's been a little. It's been a little quiet this month, but uh, we're hoping to kind of get back into it. Uh, you know, with renewed energy. Uh, in January so keep an eye on premiumgames.com uh, we do live streams every Friday at 5 30 eastern uh, you know unless like somebody gets sick um, because there's only three of us and that's difficult sometimes um, and you can find me on Twitter at Hokuto no Lucas I'm not gonna spell it good luck <laughs> um yeah that's uh let's pretty much it uh i've got those books coming from limited run games but you can't buy them anymore so yeah maybe maybe your friend bought it and you can look at it
0: there you go there you go and thank you to each and every one of you who's listened today be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service as i'd really appreciate it And if you have an RPG you would like us to feature on an episode, tweet at underscore RPGUniversity with the hashtag RPGU with your suggestion. Or you can share the RPGs directly with me uh, over on Twitter at SolidSnake120. As always, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another. Happy New Year. Class dismissed.